0: that so much. and turn over to the book of Acts with me if you will, the book of Acts. We're so honored that you're here today. Thank you for coming. Acts chapter number 20. The reason I'm pausing is because I think the Lord's changing my direction right here behind the pulpit. So I want you to take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn to the book of Romans. The book of Romans. You can stand when you find your place. Romans chapter three this morning in your Bibles. Romans chapter three. Would it be all right if I just gave you a testimony today? Romans chapter three, verse one. What advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision, much every way, chiefly because that Unto them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. And As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. But if our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? I speak as a man. God forbid. For then how shall God judge the world? For if the the truth of God hath more abounded through my life into his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? And not rather, as we be slanderously reported And as some affirm that we say, let us do evil that good may come, whose damnation is just. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. Verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one, I want to take just a moment today. We're not going to be very long. I'm excited to you about preaching the message that I was going to preach to you. And I think it's a really important message. But God, just while Brother Mike was singing today, I felt like maybe the Lord was really dealing with my heart. And, and uh, I thought, Lord, if you're dealing with my heart, I hope you do it fast. <laughs> and, uh, but I think the Lord is dealing with my heart. And I like to preach by an outline, but you don't have to have an outline. <laughs> And so I want to just talk to you about God's simple plan of salvation today. God's simple plan of salvation. You may be seated today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer today. Father, we thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would come now in mighty power. And God, I pray that, Lord, I pray that you would do that which only you can do. Lord, we're standing, I believe, beyond any shadow of any doubt. We're standing between the living and the dead right now. Lord, it, it, it's very, very possible that there are some in this service or some that are watching while we have live stream who will today make, it a, make it a decision where they will spend eternity for the rest of their life. And so Lord, I pray right now that, Lord, that you would, work we're the best we know how we're pleading the blood of Christ over the service. Lord, I pray that you'd bind the powers of darkness. I pray that you'd keep them out. Lord, I pray that your blessings would be here today. We know and we're promised that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so Lord, I pray that you'll come now and I pray that you'll you'll be with us in a great way today. I pray that you'll meet every need. Pray that you'll speak to hearts. I pray that you'll save that one that maybe doesn't know for sure they're on their way to heaven. Father, please now help us, we pray. I know this is very different to some. Uh, they, they may not be used to anything like this, may not, uh, and, and that's okay. Lord, they're welcome, and we're glad they're here today. And God, I pray that you'll accomplish your will now. Father, please, please have your way. Fill us with power of the Holy Spirit. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray, and for his sake, and all the church said, Amen. Well, my testimony, I grew up in, a, I grew up in church. My, my mom and dad, our family, we started in a Southern Baptist church down in Statesville, North Carolina. And I was probably around five years of age when my mom and dad, we moved from the city. Uh, and uh, the, the little place that we were living at the time, the neighborhood was, it seems like the neighborhood, neighborhood was beginning to go down some. And so we made a move out to the country And we lived in West Iredell. And and when we moved out there, we began to attend uh, an independent Baptist church out there in West Iredale County. And I always thought, you know, I always thought for all these years, my mom and dad are probably watching right now. And and, uh, I always thought for all these years that the reason we made that move churches, church-wise was because we had made a move uh, location. Uh, I did not know that my mom and dad actually made that move on purpose. And so we had moved away from uh, from that Southern Baptist Church and moved into uh, an independent Baptist church. By the way, a lot of good folks in Southern Baptist churches love God and, and we love them and they love us and, and, and they're serving God and doing a great work. Uh, but we moved out there. and Anyway, long story short, my dad was chairman of the deacons, uh, very active in the work of the Lord. Uh, as we mentioned this weekend, my mom was a Sunday school teacher and my mom's one of the godliest uh, ladies that I know. If I want anybody praying for me, I want my mom praying for me. and. Amen. Uh, by the way, I got to hug my mom last Sunday for the first time in one year. I mean, that, you talk about a, a big event. That was a big event, and we thank the Lord for that. Uh, but I, I just I said that to say this. I grew up in church. That's my testimony. Somebody says, preacher, where'd you get you started? I got my start in the nursery. Um, it's where I started at. By the way, I, boy, I don't begrudge that. I'm thankful for that. I am so thankful that I have a legacy like that and that I have a mom and a dad that that cared enough to bring me up in the house of the Lord. And uh, I, you know, I hear people sometimes, they'll say, well, you know what, I hate church because my mom and dad made me go to church. And, and, and I don't understand all that. Maybe the problem was they went to the wrong kind of church. I'm not sure because I've got the same testimony. My mom and dad never gave us a choice. Uh, they made us go to church. But I look back now and I am so thankful that they did. Because I'm going to be honest, as a kid, I don't think I would have made, I, I, I didn't have enough wisdom to make that decision. And so I'm thankful that I had a mom and dad who poured into me and they made me go to God's house. That's where we got our start. Mom and dad taught us to respect the Lord. They taught us to respect church. They taught us to respect the pastor. And you've heard my, you've heard my little uh, illustrations and my talks and things. And mom and dad always made us sit close to them, usually in front of them, or at least on the same pew, especially when we were younger. And I can remember sitting in front of mom and dad, and we would get a little misbehaved. I might be sitting with one of my friends, or maybe with one of my siblings, and we would get a little misbehaved. And my mama, my mom's one of the meekest women, I'm telling you, one of the meekest women that's ever walked on the face of the earth. But my mom had a way that she could take that finger and she could cock that thing like a 45. Uh <laughs> And I would start misbehaving on that pew in front of her and mom would reach up there and she'd thump my ear. And, and honestly, she'd thump my ear so hard it'd make my ear numb. I mean, and, uh, and now here's the thing too. And here's the thing. You know what? When, when, you, when, when you discipline your children and correct your children in the right way, you don't even have to speak. When I felt that sting, mom didn't have to say anything. I knew what that meant. It meant, boy, you better sit up and you better listen to the preacher or you're going to feel the worst thing than that one right there when you get home. And, uh, and so, but that, that, that's how I grew up. And, and, and we were brought up having respected the Lord and we believed that there was a God. And Mom and dad always taught us that there was a God. And we were uh, brought up going to church every Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. We went to revivals. We went to conferences um, uh, we went to we went to extra revivals sometimes and, and all those kind of things, uh, but uh, but I'll be honest with you and I, uh, you know what just because your dad's the chairman of the deacons and just because your mom is a Sunday school teacher and just because uh, you were brought up in church and just because you were brought brought up right and and just because you were brought up to know that there's a God doesn't mean that you're born again and on your way to heaven. And so early on in our, uh, in, in our life, I can remember we had, a, we had a special meeting. Our pastor brought in a, a special evangelist and, and he preached that week. And, and I can remember we all, there were only two sections in our church and we normally sat on this side. And I, we usually sat about three rows back or so. And I can remember sitting there and that night during the revival across the aisle. There was another group of, uh, 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 right across from us. There was another pew. And there were a bunch of young people right there. And, and I can remember looking across the aisle. And they looked across the aisle at me. And while the service was going on, we were sort of making eye contact. And, and during the invitation, I remember several, several of those young people got up. And they walked the aisle Uh, And they went forward. And so when I saw them come forward, I thought, well, that must be the thing to do. And so I can remember uh, walking out of my pew and I remember going to the front. And and I can remember, you know, I can remember the evangelist talking to me that night. And and, and I can remember him praying and, and all. And by the way, I'm sure he did everything right. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but but, but I, I think what I'm, I, I'm trying to say to you is that, that I walked the aisle, but I really wasn't exactly sure all that was going on. And, and I remember sort of making a profession that night. And I remember, uh, you know, I remember it being reported that I hadn't gotten saved. And, and I remember that, that terminology being used. Uh, and so for the next few years, I never, I never gave it any thought. I just took for granted that was it. I'm on my way to heaven our youth director who became my who who later became my father-in-law he he said we're going to have a youth activity and he said we're going to we're going uh, to go over some soul winning notes. And he said, we're going we're gonna to teach our youth group how to win a soul to Christ. And so Brother Steve Ayers, he uh, put some booklets together and we got together for youth activity. And we had hot dogs, I think, that night. We might have played a game of volleyball or something like that. And then we went inside the church and we sat around the table. I'll never forget it. We sat around the table. Uh, Brother Steve passed out all the, the little binders that he had. and We began to go through those notes. And we are going to take several weeks and we were going to go through those soul winning notes. And I remember this on the very first night, one of the first things that Brother Steve mentioned was this, that he mentioned the question that you ought to ask when you're, when you're dealing with people and their soul. And he said, young people, he said, this is what you want to ask. If you died today, do you know for sure that you'd go to heaven? When he said that, that's as far as we got in the outline. When he said that, it was like the Spirit of God spoke to my heart and said, by the way, if you died today, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? Oh, Lord, of course I do. Did you forget my dad's the chairman of the deacons? He said, oh, I know your dad is the chairman of the deacons. But if you died today, do you know for sure that you'd go to heaven? I said, but Lord, did you forget? My mom's a Sunday school teacher. He said, well, I'm very aware of where your mom is. But if you died today, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? For the next few days and even the next few weeks, boy, a battle began to rage. And and, and by the way, hallelujah that the Holy Spirit wouldn't leave me alone and and I didn't tell anybody that night. My, my wife sitting right down there on the front row. And at the time, we were just boyfriend and girlfriend. And, uh, and, and, and that night, I didn't tell her. I didn't tell her anything about that. I didn't tell Brother Steve what was going on. And man, I went out of the service that night. And I went home. And I remember for the first time, uh, first time in a long time, I remember going home as a teenager and not being able to go to sleep good. And as I tried to lay down, I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart. And he said, hey, if you died today, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? Lord, I've I've grown up in church. Lord said, Yeah, I know. Lord, I I know the pastor. He's been to our home, and we've been to his home, and I'm best friends with his son. He said, Oh, yeah, I know. If you died today, do you know for sure that you'd go to heaven? More for the next few weeks. That battle, man, that battle was going on. I didn't tell a soul. I didn't tell anybody. You see, my dad was a deacon. My mom was a Sunday school teacher. Uh, We'd been in that church for a long time. And and I thought, Lord, if I came out and told somebody that, what are they going to think? what what, what are they going to say? I mean, if if I come out and say, man, I I don't even know that I'm going to heaven. I don't know that I'm a Christian. What are people going to say? And and it was like the Holy Spirit said to me, son, you better forget about what people think, and you better forget about what people say, and and what you better do is you better eat your pride, and you better forget that your dad is the chairman of the deacons, and you better forget that your mom is a Sunday school teacher, and you better forget that you know the pastor, and the pastor's been to your house, and you've been to the pastor's house, and I want to ask a question. If you died today, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? Wow. My mom came, my dad was working second shift at the time. My mom came home and she said, honey, there's a revival going on on over at Calvary Community. She said, "Uh, you want to go with me? I said, yeah, mom, I'll go. I'll go with you. I didn't tell mom what was going on. I remember getting in the car that night and we drove over to Calvary Community, and I'm sure that mom and I were making some conversation, but in my spirit I was saying, Oh Lord, I hope this preacher preaches on salvation. Lord, I'm about to go crazy. I don't know how much longer I can stand this. Lord, I hope that preacher preaches a message on salvation. I can remember we went to the, the service that night, and I'm sure that he preached a great message, but but I remember leaving that service and getting in the car and we went back home and, and still I had not told anyone. And I remember going to the bedroom that night and getting ready to go to bed. And I thought, Lord, I, I, I'm I having a problem. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I've went through all the motions and I've been going to church all my life. And uh, and 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 I know all the names and I know how to carry my Bible and I know how to tie a tie and, and all these things. But, but Lord, I, I've got a major problem on my hands. I'm not sure that I'm gonna spend eternity in heaven. I mowed the church for our church. Uh, for, I mowed the churchyard for our church. It was a Saturday. I didn't have my license. I was 15 years old. I remember riding my 10 speed bike. It took me about 10 or 15 minutes to ride to the church, and I had rode my 10-speed bike to the, uh, to the church that day. I got the lawnmower out. It was a Saturday afternoon, and I began to, I began to mow the churchyard. and I got most of the churchyard done, and the church had a large field where they would play ball sometimes, and we kept that field mowed. And I remember being out there on that field, and every turn I would make on the lawnmower, the Holy Spirit would come, and he would knock on my heart, and he would say, hey, son, I want to ask you a question. If you died today, do you know for sure that you'd go to heaven? I said, Lord, my dad's chairman of the deacons. He said, I know. God, my mom's a Sunday school teacher. He said, oh, yeah, I know. But Lord, we grew up in this church. He said, yeah, I know. I was there when you came. Do you know for sure if you died, you go to heaven? Man, I'd make another turn on that lawnmower and the Holy Spirit just kept on and kept on and kept on. And he wouldn't leave me alone. I remember being under such conviction Somebody says, preacher, how do you know that you were lost? Because you'll know it. You'll know. Because the conviction will be such that it won't leave you alone. And the Holy Spirit just kept speaking to my heart and speaking to my heart. And, and every time i make a turn, the Spirit of God was speaking to my heart. And I'll never forget, as I was mowing out there in the ball field, I saw my pastor's car pull in the parking lot on a Saturday. He pulled in and Pastor Johnson went inside and and it was like the Spirit of God said, son, I'm just telling you something. You better get this settled or you may not have another chance. I wasn't done mowing the yard, but I cut the lawnmower off. I remember walking up through the basement of the church and up to the pastor's little office there. I knocked on the door We didn't carry on conversations. I didn't say, hey, pastor, how you doing? How's your week been? How's things going? Nothing like that. I walked to the door and knocked on the door. And Pastor Johnson said, hello, Stephen. And I said, preacher, I said, I've got a problem. I said, I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven. I've got to get this thing settled. I can't stand it anymore. I've got to know that I'm going to heaven. And hallelujah, I had a pastor who didn't try to talk me out of it. He said, he said come in. And, and he sat me down in that little office. And by the way, by the way, if you want to go with me sometime, I can take you back to the place. I can take you back to the spot. I can take you back to the chair where I sat that day and my pastor took out his Bible and he began to walk me down the Romans road and he told me what my problem was and he told me what the solution was and he told me how I could know Jesus as my personal Savior and that day, I'm sure I didn't do everything perfect, but that day in simple childlike faith, I called out on Jesus and I said, Jesus I don't want to go to hell I don't want to go to hell I want to go to heaven with you I believe you died for me in roses Again, and I want you to save me. Oh, happy day, happy day! When Jesus washed my sins away, I want to tell you what: there's nothing like being born again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Nothing like good it. Good. Can I ask you a question? If you died today, do you know for sure you go to heaven? Oh, yeah, you say, "Preacher, I, I'm, I'm a member of a church." That's wonderful but it's not the member of a church that takes you to heaven. You say, Pastor, I'm the best Baptist that's ever walked in a Baptist church. That's fantastic. But it's not being a Baptist that takes you to heaven. You say, Pastor, I'm the most devout Catholic. I'm the, the, the most devout Presbyterian. But understand something, it's not being a Catholic. It's not being a Presbyterian. It's not by good works that takes you to heaven. The Bible says, for by grace... Are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves? It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Listen, if we were saved by our works, we'd be bragging for all eternity. Well, this is how I got here. Well, I was a good deacon and I was a good preacher and I gave more in the church than anybody else gave. That's why I'm here, my dear friend. You're not in heaven. You're not going to be in heaven because of the good works you did. You're not going to be in heaven because you're any better than anybody else. You're going to be in heaven because the righteousness of Jesus Christ has been imputed under your account. He have saved you by the blood of Jesus and it's only through the blood of Christ that you'll ever make it into heaven. Jesus said it like this. I am the door. I'm the door. He didn't say I'm one of the doors. I'm many of the doors. I am the door. He said if any man come into me, he said he can see the Father. Jesus said I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the light. He didn't say I'm one of the ways. I'm part of the ways. I'm some of the truth. He said I am the way. Definite article. I am the way. My dear friend, you'll never get to heaven any other way than trusting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Now you're in Romans three. The Bible says in Romans chapter number three, look at verse 23, the Bible says for all. Well, that's pretty inclusive, isn't it? For all. Well, that pretty much sums it up. For all have sinned. You know what that means? That means the guy that's preaching to you, I'm a sinner. By the way, just in case you're wondering, this whole church is full of them. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Some of you guys bow hunt. Some of you guys, you you, you bow hunt. We used to bow hunt. I can remember getting out there. We'd set up our targets. we, We would... You know, get these, these bows and, and then they started developing sights and all these kind of things that you could put on your bows and I can remember getting out there and we would be practicing before deer season came and, and, and we'd be shooting at that target uh, and we'd put the target t- further and further away and sometimes when your sights weren't, direct, uh, weren't, weren't exactly uh, correct you would put the arrow on the string and you would let it go and sometimes the arrow would fall short of the target the arrow would fall short of the target you know what the Holy Spirit is saying right here to us? Because we are sinners, we have fallen short of the target. Yes, sir. You say, What's the target? The target's God, Amen. the target is heaven. And the Bible says because of our sin, that sin has caused us to fall short of the glory of God. Not only uh, Romans 3 and verse 23, but I want you to turn over to Romans chapter 6 and verse number 23. The Bible says that we're not only sinners, but the Bible tells us clearly that there is a penalty for sin. Romans chapter 6 verse number 23. Uh, verse number 23. Watch very closely. The Bible says, for the wages. Now, what is a wage? A wage is something you receive. If you work 40 hours this week, you receive a wage. So the Bible says there's something we receive because of our sin. Look what it says, verse number 23. For the wages of sin is what? Is death. But the gift of God is eternal life, Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, normally we wouldn't turn away from the book, but we're going to do it today. I want you to hold your finger right there at Romans chapter 6, and I want you to turn over with me, please, to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter number 20 in your Bibles. Revelation chapter number 20. And the Bible tells us that this penalty of death is not only physical, but this penalty of death is spiritual. So we not only die physically, we die spiritually. Look what our Bible says, Revelation. Revelation chapter 20 and verse number... Verse number, i tell you what let's do. Let's read verse number 12. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were open. and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. Watch closely. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. Here it is, verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, I know that's not politically correct today to preach that anymore. And I know there's some people who say, Pastor, I don't like that. I don't want you preaching on that. And here's the thing. I want you to understand something. I'm just a mailman. I didn't write it. I just deliver the mail. That's all I do. It was God Almighty that said it. And God said this, that if you die without Christ, if you die unconverted, if you die without being redeemed, the Bible says that you will die physically, yes, but there will come a time when you will die spiritually and and if you die without Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible tells us that our destiny, your destiny will ultimately be a place called hell. Amen. So Pastor, I not like that. It doesn't change anything. Right. You say, preacher, I don't believe that. It doesn't change anything. Amen. Amen. You can say it all day long. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. It doesn't change anything. Because one second after you're there, you'll become a believer. There is a holy, righteous God, and God's not going to let unholiness and unrighteousness in His kingdom. We're sinners, and because of our sin, the Bible says there's a penalty. There's a penalty. But, oh, Calvary, I got some good news. We call it the gospel. The gospel what it means? It means good news. We've got some good news to share. Is it good news that you and I are sinners? That's not very good news. Is it good news that a sinner that dies without Christ goes to hell? That's not good news. But I've got some good news to share. And the good news is this. You don't have to go to hell. Because a way has been made for you to live forever with Jesus. Look, if you will, Romans, Romans chapter 5, verse number 8. This is what we call the good news. Of the gospel, Romans chapter 5, verse number 8, the Bible says, but God, oh yes, but God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet, oh man, I'm telling you about to get happy this morning. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What's that mean, Pastor? It means that I was when I wasn't worth it, when I was living in sin, when I was full of pride, when I didn't deserve to be saved, when I didn't deserve heaven, when I didn't deserve the righteousness. Of his son Jesus Christ. Uh, while we were yet sinners, the Bible says that the, that the that, that that Jesus died for the ungodly and, and God loved you so much that He came, that Jesus came, His perfect Son, and Jesus took your sins on Him, and Jesus took my sins on Him. And Jesus went to the cross, and, and there they put nails in His hands and nails in His feet and a crown of thorns on His brow. And they beat Him until Isaiah said that His visage was so marred more than any man. And and he suffered, and he bled, and he agonized. But that's not all. The Bible says that God Almighty poured the sin of mankind upon his precious beloved son, and there, hanging between heaven and earth, Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price so you and I could be redeemed. Father, I got good more news. When they took his dead body off of the cross, and they put him in the grave, he didn't stay. Oh, he stayed there for three days and three nights. But our Bible tells us that God raised him from the dead. And he's a living, resurrected Savior. And he wants to save you today. Can I ask you a question? If you died today, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? Preacher, I don't. So then, would you look at one more verse with me? Would you turn over a page or two and look at Romans chapter ten? Romans chapter number ten, and let's let's start about verse number nine. Romans ten, verse nine. This is so important that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Oh, wow. Thou shalt be saved. Look over, seeing there. Here it is. For with the what? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth... Confession is made into salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich and all the call of doesn't matter who you are. Amen. <laughs> doesn't matter what color your skin is. Right. Right. <laughs> you say I'm a white person, guess what? Jesus wants to save you. Amen. Yes, I'm a black person. Guess what? Jesus wants to save you. Amen. You say, Pastor, I'm Hispanic or I'm Filipino or, 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 or whatever your race may be. It doesn't matter. Hey, it doesn't matter whether you're Jew, doesn't matter whether you're Greek, doesn't matter whether you're Gentile. I got some good news that Jesus Christ will save your soul today. Look what he says in verse 10. Here's the clincher For whosoever, for whosoever, You know what happened? Right around 1986, a whosoever named Stephen Pope walked into his pastor's office under heavy conviction. I'm a whosoever. Man, I'm telling you, I'm about to take a run right now. A whosoever walked in. Perfect, oh no. Dad was Chairman Deacons. Perfect, no, no. Mom's a Sunday school teacher, perfect? No, no. But I was a whosoever. Yes. Right, man. And I was a whosoever that was under under conviction of the Holy Spirit. And that day I walked in and I saw my need. I saw that I was a sinner. I saw that I was lost. I saw that I was on my way to hell and that day I realized that my good works were not going to save me and my church attendance was not going to save me and my my, my parents religion was not going to save me. I understand that it had to be more than just an intellectual knowledge. I knew about Jesus. I I knew about the cross. I knew some of the Bible. I knew about the resurrection. I had an intellectual knowledge of Jesus but that day, but that day it was more than just in the mind. That day it became an action of the heart and that day I said, Jesus, I got to have you. I gotta have you! I gotta have you! And I personally invited him in to my life. Amen. You know what he said? He said it like this: "Behold, behold, I stand at the door and knock." That's what he said. Revelation three: "Behold, I stand at the door." And then he said this, if any man will open the door. You know what Jesus said? (laughs) I'll come in. Can I ask you a question? If you died today, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I'm going to ask Make sure somebody's got the phone lines covered. I'm going to ask our personal workers to make their way very quietly up to the front. And I'm going to ask our Calvary family to pray. Pray. There's something very supernatural going on today. Don't, don't be frightened or afraid or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just telling us that there's something supernatural going on today. And what I believe it is, there's a God that loves somebody in this room so much, he doesn't want you to die without him. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, nobody moving around, just for a few minutes. Unless you're coming to the altar. How many, without anybody looking, how many could just say, Preacher, between me and the Lord, if I died today, I know that I would go. I know that I'm born again. If you can honestly say that, you just slip your hand up. You can take it right back down as fast as you put it up. I think God's dealing with some hearts. And I think maybe God's dealing with some hearts that that I wasn't even expecting. If you died today, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? If you're here today and you don't know, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're getting ready to stand. And if the Lord is knocking on your heart, we have some fellows across the front of the building here today And we'd like to do this. We'd like to just take the Bible and show you how you can know that you're going to heaven. I promise you something. We won't make you give a speech. We won't embarrass you in any way. I promise you we won't. I'm not going to come back and try to drag you down the aisle. But if you're here right now and you're experiencing that conviction sort of what I talked about today, I'm going to ask you to make a move for God. God. Let's stand all over the house today, quietly, very quietly, if you will. Father, have your way in the service. I do believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that, Lord, there's someone here today that you're loving and that you're concerned about. Lord, it's very possible that there's someone here today and this may be the last opportunity. This may be the last opportunity that they'll ever have Give their heart to Jesus. God, right now, I'm asking asking you to do something supernatural. I'm asking you to give them courage, courage to step out and come. And we want to come. We want to take God's word and just show them how they can know, how they can know. And so I pray you help them to come. Then, Lord, just as sure as we're here, there's somebody that's battling. Lord, there's somebody that's battling with some kind of a bondage, some type of addiction. God, I'm asking you to break it today. I'm asking you to break the chain forever in Jesus' name. I pray they'll walk out of this place different than they were when they came in. You're able. I'm so glad you're able. Lord, I pray you do something supernatural over the the live stream. Help folks to call that number. Help them to call that number right now. And God, we have people standing by who want to pray with them and help them. God, do the supernatural, please, 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 please. In Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Maybe some of our Calvary family could come and just pray. Some have already come. If you're here right now and you say, Pastor, I've got a need. I, if I died today, I'm going to be honest. I am not sure that I would go to heaven, okay? I want you to come right now. Come. Come on, right now. Come on, right now. You find one of these men, find one of these fellows that are stretched out across the, uh, the, the altar today, and just come to them. They're still standing. Just come to them and give them your hand and say, I, I want to know. I want to know Christ as my personal Savior. Would you come? Would you come while we wait? If God's knocking on your door, you come today. You say, Pastor, I am saved, but I've got a burden that is almost too much for me to carry. I don't know how much longer. I can go. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that I can tell you that burdens are lifted at Calvary. And I'm not talking about this Calvary Baptist church. I'm talking about at the cross of Calvary. And if you'll come today, if you'll come today, I promise you, Jesus will help you carry that burden. I promise you will. You may be here today, you say, Pastor, Pastor, I am saved. But I am so far from God, it's not even funny. Preacher, it is... is, it is. I'm so overdue for rededicating my life to Christ. He's been dealing with me about it for a long time. I know I. I need to get back in God's will. I know I do. And if that's you today, and you've just sort of been going through the motions, I'm going to ask you to come find one of these fellows. Come on now. Let's make a move for the Lord. You find one of these, these men, they'll pray with you and just tell them, I need to rededicate my life to Christ today. I'm coming home, coming back to God. I want God to use me. I want God to do something in my life. Yes, yes, yes. Let's pray, Calvary family. Father, we're thankful for what you're doing. This is what it's all about. Father, do the supernatural. Change the heart. Change the life. Lord, put some folks on a new path today. God, I pray that this day, April the 11th, 2021, would be a a day of change. I pray today would be a day of new direction, totally new direction. God, I pray that you'd restore the joy that's gone. I pray, Father, you'd you'd give them that fullness of joy. God, I pray you'd put some families back together. I pray you'd heal some marriages. God, I pray you'd help some homes. Father, please, we pray that you'll continue to work now. Continue to work, please. And we thank you. Just for a few moments, we're going to keep our heads bowed. We're going to sing in just a minute. Altars are still wide open. If you need to come, if you need someone to pray with you, we want to do it. This is what we live.